Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. set what's going on everybody we are live with underground sports philadelphia episode number 218 kb and matt coming at you live from underground studios as always show brought to you by our friends at main auto llc Ducharms pro foot security 21 wainwright bernhardt funeral home paul j gillespie incorporated bob novick automall who i'll have a nice little promo for you guys later on in the show mark ronchetti cpa llc and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And, of course, check out our design tree storefront, dsgntree.com. Search Underground Sports Philadelphia and use the promo code SPRING20 for 20% off your entire order. I do want to apologize to our Twitter followers. Uh, We had announced that we were going to have a St. Patrick's Day shirt lined up for you guys. Unfortunately, it kind of fell through a little bit. Um, But we'll make it up to you. Don't worry, but... All of our merch on our storefront. Use the promo code SPRING20 and save 20% off your entire order. What's going on, man? Not even living the dream. I'm living a walking and waking nightmare. Everybody is in some sort of hysteria. Um, but Joel Embiid's back. Yeah, it's good. Can't uh, wait for Joel Embiid to get coronavirus. Yeah, it's more than likely going to happen it? because... People are still going to go down to the Sixers games and, and watch this team. And, uh, you know, knowing the Sixers' luck. Knowing our history with upper respiratory infections. Uh, I, don't, I, don't trust the, I don't trust this team to stay healthy. Not at all. Literally. Um, yeah, Liverpool lost today, which sucks. We're talking about now emptying all these arenas, uh, canceling seasons, postponing seasons. It's just a bummer, but obviously it's all in the interest of public health and safety mm-hmm. and human lives are at risk. So, you know, you got to make the right call, but selfishly it sucks. <laughs> it's big time. Um, it feels like it's been forever since the Sixers have played a game too because of that West felt, Coast. It felt kind of nice. Yeah, it was a nice little reprieve, uh, that West Coast trip. It happened and uh, they did lose to the Warriors because that's just what they do. Um, but they play the Pistons tonight more than likely, you know, Somehow, some way, they'll find a way to lose because it's just been this Sixer season. But the uh, the news everybody's talking about, other than Joel Embiid being back and Ben Simmons being reevaluated in three weeks, is uh, one JJ Reddick's back on Twitter, and two Jimmy Butler went on his podcast and pretty much said Brett Brown's the problem. Yeah, I mean, I would take everything Jimmy Butler says with a grain of salt, but you know, there's some truth to that, I'm sure. Um, you know, we know that his issues with Brett Brown were there. It's, this isn't new information. Uh, we, we heard this in a report last year, but I just, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know that Brett Brown was the sole problem, but yeah, I, I think Brett deserves some blame, and he, he certainly isn't absolved of anything, but I do think the issues are higher up than just Brett. But um, 
I don't like I've said before. I, I just don't see him surviving this offseason, really, regardless of how the Sixers perform in the playoffs. But you, know, you talk about a team that's just limping towards the finish line right now. Um, this team is just in such disrepair. I mean, you're you're one of your young stars has a back injury that you risked his health to play him in another game. Um, and now it's not going to be reevaluated until early April, not even, you know, back in practice, not even hopeful to return in April, uh, reevaluated in April. And I mean, you're, you're talking about missing first round of the playoffs and you could be out in the first round of the playoffs this year, especially without Ben. So it is, uh, it has just been a disaster you know, for the Sixers the last two, three months, honestly, the, the second half of the season, um, up until Christmas, really, it was, it's going pretty good for, for the Sixers, but it's been absolutely brutal. And, um, I mean, it's been a, a demise of, of their own making, you know, they've made their bed with, uh, all the bad deals they've made and the, the rushing of, of the process. And this is, this is what you get for it. You get a lot of just players that don't fit well together uh, heightened expectations and uh, a failure to reach any of those, even some of the lowest bars. I think you know right now this this team is like I, you, you could drop to like the seventh seed. And I don't even think I'd be surprised. Like they're just they're just so bad on the road, and nothing they do at home can can fix or repair that. I mean, it's just this team right now is is very frustrating to watch, and uh, it's an ugly watch. It has been all year. It feels very hopeless with the Sixers. And not only that, Al Horford's back in the starting lineup tonight because Brett Brown wants to see Joel Embiid and Al Horford playing together without Ben Simmons. Which, sure, fine with tinkering. But uh, everybody's freaking out about that. And uh, obviously the coronavirus uh, attacking the world the way it has. Uh, Brett Brown was having his pregame media briefing and uh, they had like a you know red uh, barrier kind of thing set up in front of the the desk that he was sitting at, and he was like, "I don't know what this is going to do to prevent it." But um, you know, Kyle Newbeck has been very vocal about everything, and I kind of agree with what he said. You know, forcing media members and you know uh, essential personnel into smaller rooms is honestly going to do more harm because you're putting people closer together. Um, but I mean, what are your thoughts on the potential of, uh, some of these, you know, games, especially now that we know, and we'll get into it, uh, March Madness, no fans, um, with empty arenas. I mean, even with March Madness, you have, uh, the Ivy League not even doing their tournament and just sending Yale to the, to the bid this year. Um, you know, I, so I, I even have like. Coronavirus is affecting me even more personally because I have a half marathon I'm supposed to be running in Philly right at the end of March, which I've made my peace with not happening. Um, it's going to be canceled or postponed or whatever. So that sucks. I've been obviously like training for that and looking forward to that. But ultimately, the overarching thing that I'm thinking about all this is like I'm not necessarily who is at most risk for coronavirus, but I could carry it and give it to someone who it could be lethal for. I think it just makes sense that, you know, maybe it's an overreaction, or whatever. And I'm obviously like not a doctor, I'm not a pathologist, not a health expert, but, um, you know, if there's a risk of me passing something on to someone that could kill them, uh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to take my precautions and do what the experts say, which is, you know, limit 
you know, social interaction, you know, not, not be crammed in a stadium with 20,000 other people. It might be a smart idea. And it's, it's strange that, um, you know, that college like sports are taking this approach and yet these professional teams, I mean, the NBA is still kind of bargaining with how to, to deal with the rest of the season. You know, they're talking about even taking a break, um, you know, trying to find like alternate places to play where it might be safer. Um, you know, they're, they're kind of going through the ringer of all the ideas, but I think we really just have to prepare for the fact of definitely empty arenas for sports for probably the rest of the season, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, the Phillies might even open to an empty, which would be insane, you know, because I, I think we all associate, you know, opening day is like a, a ritual, a rite of passage into, into springtime and to not have that um, go on. But, you know, again, if it's to save lives, even if it is just one life, it's, you know, it's worth it because uh, I don't think I don't think you can really put a price on on a human life. Um, so it's obviously obviously not a great situation, and um, you know, you, there's really nothing you can do besides just you know be responsible for your own hygiene and make sure that you know you're uh, you're washing your hands. That you're obviously wash like, your damn hands. Yeah, um, doing like the the basics that we've been taught since you were a kid. Really, just making sure you're, you're staying clean, but as far as my thoughts, I mean, it just, it's, it sucks. It's, uh, it's crushing, but ultimately it's for the greater good. And, you know, I, I just, if you have any plans of going out or you have tickets for something, I would just bank on it, not either not going or it just being canceled for you and the decision not being in your hands because, um, you know, Philly's already advised people to not go to gatherings larger than 5,000. Uh, they already canceled the St. Patrick's Day parade, which is like, you know, a massive mm-hmm. deal. Like, Especially in this area, knowing exactly. the... Philly's one of the top cities in the country for like St. Patrick's Day celebrations. I'd say only behind like Boston and like Chicago like, yeah. in that regard. Um, so to cancel something like that is a huge deal because it's not even just, you know, culturally what it means for the city, but also money. And ultimately, we know money decides a lot of these things. But, you know, to cancel something like that is big. And, um, you know, that I, I, I'm kind of shocked, honestly, that we're we're still having Philly sports with like full stadiums. Like given given those types of judgments being passed and and, and advisements, um, I'm I'm actually pretty surprised that we're not already in a situation where there's there's empty stadiums. But it's it's crazy, you know. I, I, in my lifetime, we've never had anything like this. No, so. it's been declared a pandemic, um, you know. And a lot of people are like, you know, we never took this type of precaution with, you know, when Ebola was around and. Well, Ebola is much harder to uh, exactly <laughs> to, to contract to other people, and this is something we've never seen before. Yeah, so yeah, it's and that's that's the issue as well. Is this is a, a new disease that there's no vaccine for, um, and it could mutate into having uh, worse effects, and um, you know, be even more potentially lethal or even more uh, contagious. So. Um, I'm just going to trust the health experts that went to school and know what they're talking about and are, are going to speak in the public's best interest um, and hope that our government follows suit. Um, but I guess we're holding our breath for that. Uh, but I just think, uh, again, if you have anything planned for the next like month and a half, I would say just make your peace with it not happening because um, it's it's more than likely going to cancel. But it's, it's going to be crazy, you know, to see games in empty arenas. You know, March Madness is such like an electric atmosphere and that's going to be missing this year if they even play at all. Too. I mean, still, you know, just because they're athletes doesn't mean that they're not at risk either. I mean, um, 
just a few hours ago, a Juventus player, Daniel, yeah. Daniele Rogani, got uh, a positive test for coronavirus. Um, and I mean, you talk about like the most ideal peak physical condition you can be in. He's like 24 years old, an athlete, and, and he has this and, um, you know, they can still get this. And we know how close athletes are as well. You know, they share locker rooms. They share all these common spaces, very close, especially traveling. Some live together. Yeah, some live together. Like, um, you know, and they have families. Like, I, you know, I, I just think... Again, human lives are more important than uh, than any kind of entertainment or, or sport, um, which which sucks. You know, selfishly, you want those things to go on and continue and everything just to be normal, but you, you have to take precautions. You just you just do. Yeah, uh, and you know, to add more grief to this Sixers team, uh, friend of the show, Sixers Adam, uh, and for those who were planning on attending the Mike Scott Hive tailgate that was planned for next weekend has been postponed, but uh, we are planning on having it uh, go down for the playoffs. So stay tuned. Follow the Mike Scott Hive Twitter account for all the updates. But uh, Sixers Adam tweeted today that two people just told uh, told him today that the Sixers uh, ticket sales reps for each of them uh, cited contributing to the pay of one Al Horford as a reason why their prices increased significantly. And I think I'm going to go lie down. And uh, he followed that up with, before you text or DM me, is this real or are you joking? I'm not joking. Sick. <laughs> One of those people, too, that told this to Sixers Adam, he also shouted them out, is a uh, listener of the show, Max Kamara. I mean, I <laughs> I mean, it's technically true. I mean, you know, because um, any ticket being sold is, is helping pay for Al Warford. But, yeah, the budget, I'm sure, is a little stressed. I mean, that's another aspect of all this, too, by the way. Uh, these empty arenas and stadiums. I mean, game day revenue is still an important revenue stream for sports teams. Um, you know, if you're going to list miss, you know, the last month and a half of the regular season and then potentially even all the playoffs and, and miss all that match day, like, revenue, like, that's pretty significant um, and, and could hurt some teams. Uh, obviously, Philly sports in general probably be, you know, withstand all that, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean this. It's just been such a terrible year. Twenty twenty stinks. This year has just been brutal, man. Um, and it's just getting worse and worse. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Sixers are like just so exhausting to talk about. I, I feel know. like I'm contracting coronavirus just even like <laughs> mentioning their like it's just they are such a headache. And what a terrible organization. <laughs> I, how many season tickets do you even have to sell to pay for like one week of Al Horford's <laughs> like, <laughs> contract? Like, unbelievable, one hundred nine million dollars that they can't front because who knows? It's just unbelievable. Season ticket holders paying for Al Horford's God, contract. God bless anyone paying, paying season tickets for the Sixers. Good for you. Sell the team. Uh, but yeah, Joel's back. Is happy and he looks happy in the videos that the team's been posting tonight, um, which is all that matters. Keep Joel happy, and uh, hopefully things turn themselves around for the Sixers team that sit in the sixth seed right now. And uh, like you said, it's just painful to talk about them. But uh, Flyers, they played the other night, just yesterday against Boston. All good streaks must come to an end. Uh, they end up losing two nothing to Boston. They just couldn't beat Tukarask and. You know, any other goalie is in net for Boston. The Flyers probably win. They just couldn't, you know, capitalize on the shot opportunities that were 
right in front of them, and uh, they end up losing a tough one to Boston. Yeah, it's a tough loss. This is the first time the Flyers have been shut out in quite some time. Only um, their third time this season. Which is unbelievable. So you, you chalk this up to a bit of uh, an aberration and say this is out, out of the norm for sure for this Flyers team. And, you know, they went up against a, a difficult opponent. Um, it certainly doesn't undo all the good feelings we've had about the Flyers. Uh, you don't want to overreact too much to just one loss, especially when they've been as hot as they've been. And, uh, you know, they'll have a chance to, to rebound against another quality team uh, tomorrow night. So you just kind of move forward with this. Uh, don't think too much about it. I, I'm I'm still very much in on the Flyers uh, bandwagon here. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what kind of damage they can do in the playoffs. But it's another thing, too. You know, we're going to see NHL hockey probably with no fans in the arena. It's just it's nuts. Like, it's so hard to wrap your head around. Yeah, and uh, speaking of no fans in an NHL arena for a little bit of laughter from, uh, you know, uh, a player, Riley Smith, who, uh, you know, plays for the Golden Knights. He said, uh, you know, he he was asked on practicing in front of empty stands due to the scares uh, from the coronavirus. He said, I played in an empty building for a couple years in Florida, so I'm used to it. Nice. Yikes. That's a good burn. That's a good burn. Um. But yeah, the Flyers play Tampa Bay tomorrow night. Um, again, the before last night, the last game they lost was to Tampa, so this is a bit of a revenge game of sorts. And this is again another test for this team as they, uh, you know, try to go pound for pound with some of the top teams in the East that they could end up seeing in the playoffs. And uh, you just want to see them bounce back from this loss. You know, the last time you saw them get kind of humiliated in a loss was when this streak kind of started obviously yesterday's game was not humiliating but you want to see the Flyers respond and AV said you know the first two quarters of the game uh first two periods yesterday they were the better team and then the third period the uh Boston Bruins were just the better team and that's exactly what happened you know the Flyers were going back and forth and um just couldn't find the back of the net but hopefully we can see them bounce back tomorrow on the road Against Tampa, I believe it was confirmed. Brian Elliott is going to start tomorrow. Um, road dogs, baby. So, Moose on the road. He's been fantastic for them in kind of that goalie pairing tandem uh, that they've been, you know, putting out there and, and having Brian Elliott start on the road rather than Carter Hart. We'll see what happens uh, with that one. But, obviously, last time they were on the road in a big game, Brian Elliott came up clutch against the Capitals. Yeah, and I mean, again, you, you You'd expect the Flyers to, to bounce back. Such has been their mentality this season. And, you know, I think it's kind of a good thing to just have uh, another game kind of pretty quickly, just a, a day in between. Uh, and then you, you go up against another really strong opponent. You get to test yourself again. And I think that's what this team needs. And like I said, they, they've played so well uh, the last few months. Um, and they're, they're clearly a great team. And... Now it's a little bit about just the seeding race. Um, probably still going to play the Penguins in the first round, which could be a doozy, of course. But, uh, yeah, I think you have to keep the faith in the Flyers and um, you hope that they're the Philly team that's going uh, <laughs> to carry us into the summertime with, with the good feelings. Yeah, and hopefully that summertime heat, you know, just burns the coronavirus out of everything. And- yeah. We can uh, take me to the watch CEO of coronavirus right now. <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, people, I think we're, we're pretty optimistic yesterday too, after a loss to see not a lot of anger and, and just realizing that, 
you know, Boston played better and, and found shots and all streaks are, are more than likely going to come to an end for fans to understand that I think is a, a positive sign overall for the, how this team has been playing and people kind of embracing the Flyers. So well done to the fans, not overreacting to, you know, just one loss. Yeah, it's, it was a resoundingly uh, normal and well thought out reaction to a, a loss. <laughs> you know, like which is it's not like, oh, it happens. Not usually the norm with uh, Philly sports. It, you usually get the the hottest of takes and the coldest of reactions. Um, but you know, I, I think again, every, this this Flyers team has built up so much good like equity with everyone that it, it would take quite a bit to burn through that. And one loss against the Bruins is not going to do that for everyone, especially because uh, I think everyone realizes, okay, like they're not fighting for a playoff spot. They're like locked in pretty much turns out winning changes the way people view your team <laughs> uh and that you know you could drop a game here and there and people aren't going to get pissed off at you uh but yeah i mean if this team was um a, a little a little worse off and and we were in you know kind of a wild card race then yeah you'd, you'd expect probably people a little more pissed off but you know just the fact that you're, you're kind of in the hunt for you know number one in the division and to drop a game against a tough team you just kind of shrug your shoulders and move on but I, I, I agree. I, I liked that the reaction was not overwhelmingly toxic. Um, everyone, I think, had a good understanding. The Flyers are also dealing with some injuries still, too. Like, they've, they've been um, kind of rebounding from that and, and trying to work in new guys. Like, it was Ghost's first night back last night. And, and he looked good. Yeah, he looked good. But, you know, it's, it's something new that you have to adjust for. And, um, you know, you, you hope that now, again, a, a game tomorrow that they can – bounce back quickly and, and get back to where they want to be which is uh in in the winning column more but you still gotta love these flyers man they're they're the like the only sports team right now that's like giving me uh giving me hope giving me any kind of fire and i gotta say don't love that i'm putting so much emotional stock in that because <laughs> <laughs> uh that ooh, <laughs> that is uh you talk about making a deal with the devil i don't know uh, well, I mean, we do that kind of already with Josh Harris because he owns the Devils. Um, but, I mean, uh, even Mike's got a little flyered up tonight walking into the arena with his Flyers jersey on on TK's birthday. Shout out to uh, everybody's favorite chirper. But, uh, you know, I think it's it's one of the cool things, like we've been talking about since the streak started, is that uh, just everyone kind of embracing this team because they are fun to watch. They're, it's a fun group of guys. Um and it's it's it was a, a nice positive reaction to a loss and understanding that that loss last night wasn't the end all be all because we've seen that with the Flyers before in years past where you know one loss and the season was over. Um, so to see that you know fans were were realistic with the circumstances from last night's game and although it sucked to watch the streak come to an end, everyone's like, all right, let's just go on another one. Yeah, exactly, and um, I, I think everyone everyone's just in, in a good mood about the Flyers, and, and I, pretty much all of that relates to the winning that they've been doing lately, and that's obviously helped just kind of, uh, you know, and it's it's one regular season loss, too. You know, we can't build it up too much, and uh, again, you, it's a tough team. Like, you, you're, you're going to lose some of these games, so you just move on with it and crack at Tampa Bay tomorrow and just keep it rolling. We, like, we just need wins. We need all our Philly teams just just win games here. Like, I think, I think that's whatever we – because, you know, everyone's going to be at home now. You know, a lot of things are going to be closed yep. and canceled. We, we're we going to be watching the TV, and we uh, we really need some wins. I think that will help the morale. 
here. Before we get to the Phillies, I wanted to touch on the Union game as well that happened uh, since the last time we recorded. Uh, they went to a draw with arguably the best team in the MLS. It was one of the most exhilarating sports games I've watched in a while on TV. Um, you know, I was awake and I was like, oh, you know, Union are, are playing a West Coast game. Let's let's see what's going on. And uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. I was very impressed by, you know, four homegrown guys at one point were on the, on the field against some of the best players in the world. Um, very fun game to watch and very impressed by this Union team so far. Yeah, I mean, to, to go to L.A. second week of the season, uh, still with some injuries and still with some potential like roster changes uh, coming in the fold, to get a 3-3 draw is not bad. Um, you know, and, and I think, yeah, it was, it's incredibly exciting game, certainly one of the better games that we've seen from the Union uh, in, in recent years, and it's obviously a strong team you've just gone up against. And you have a habit of, of going even on the road and doing this kind of thing. Um, you know, they've done it to Atlanta in years past, and, and those have been exciting games. So, yeah, they, they do have a habit of, of playing up to the big boys, which is nice, and, and you like that as a fan. And um, obviously a great goal scored as well. Quite a few great goals, honestly, both of them free kicks. But, um, you know, you kind of hate to see Carlos Vea scoring, but that guy's just a goal machine, not much you can do about it. And they, they roll on this week against another pretty tough opponent in the uh, the Earthquakes, another team rolling, high offense. Um, Union, defensively, not a <laughs> not a bold start to the season, but uh, I think still fin- you're kind of figuring out this center-back partnership still without your starting left back. So, you know, you, you, make, some, you make some adjustments for that. And, and Blake has looked good. You know, it's a... Mm-hmm. It's rare that you can say through two games conceding five goals that you'd say your starting goalkeeper has looked pretty good, but he has. He had some huge saves against Dallas. It looked confident again against LA, but yeah, you, I, I think you can always go to LA and expect to concede. And, and um, now you know, finally at home this week, um, apparently that the crowd is going to be there. The game uh, is expected to be played as normal scheduled. circumstances, uh, which is well, obviously <laughs> the media like us uh have different circumstances like no locker room access yeah. but uh the game on on Saturday is expected to be played uh at Subaru Park as scheduled so home opener should be you know even more crazy because people are going to be like yeah we're here we're not going anywhere and it's the sons of Ben so could be the home opener and also the last home game for uh, quite a bit of time <laughs> uh, depending on on what happens with this fires but yeah, I mean, expect obviously a great crowd and uh, everyone. I mean, it's a, it's a night game as well, which is great. You know, you don't get the you know one o'clock games are fun. You get the sunlight, yeah. but it's something about playing on the lights. We all know it and being there for that. So very excited. But it's it's another tough game for the Union. Mm-hmm. It, just being frank, and um, you know the opening schedule hasn't been super kind to them. But you just gotta a lot of a lot of games now are are difficult in the MLS. It's, it's a very even uh, field this year and. You know the union. They've looked good in these first two games. I haven't seen anything that's that's worrisome, and it's hard to really identify any any big long term issues uh, through two games. But you, you remain hopeful that they can be well this season. And you know, obviously, some union players as well making the uh, the Olympic qualifying roster, um, which is fantastic. Like you love to see that. A few other MLS players as well, which is always good. Uh, seeing the league produce like some of these young talents that can you know hopefully if the Olympics get postponed <laughs> um you know they'll still hopefully be able to qualify and be there for that it's awesome experience for them um which is exciting and yeah i mean the union you mentioned it have 
have a habit of getting these homegrown players and, and pushing them through. They're, they're one of the best in the league at doing that, and that's always exciting. So hopefully this year the union starts to really coalesce that and, and maybe we see some, some real tangible success in the form of some silverware this season. But it's it's so early in the season. Um, you know, obviously you want to pick up a win this week to start get those those points rolling in. But, you know, union have, have started slow before and, and gotten rolling later in the season, and we could see something like that uh, this year again for sure. Also, big ups to the union's uh, social media manager. Fantastic, Fantastic job. work. Yeah, great job. The the build up to the game as well with the, all the caffeine tweets was good. Uh, there was no chance I was staying up that late. Uh, I, I rewatched the game, um, but yeah, there was there's no chance I was staying <laughs> up. Till t- I'm not staying up for 10:30 for really anything. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just no. No, no shot for me. The uh, the post game tweets too, and just uh, inserting blanking on his name, but uh, inserting you know into different scenes where his celebration from his goal uh, was absolutely electric. Uh, you know, they put him in the the scene from Rocky where he's on top of the the steps. Uh, he's in Mario Brothers, whole bunch of different stuff. Absolutely great job from the Union Social team. Um, you know who else is doing a great job, Matt? Uh, our friends at Bob Novick. Our friends at Bob Novick are doing a spectacular job this spring. They are offering a buy one get one free oil change, including a free tire rotation. Uh, you just have to present the coupon, which we will put up on our social media uh, for you guys to grab. Complimentary alignment check and multi point inspection. The alignment special fifty nine ninety five. Tire balance special plus weights twenty nine ninety five. You can check our friends at Bob Novick out at 808 North Pearl Street in Bridgeton, New Jersey, 08302 if you're plugging it in the GPS. Or you can call for an appointment at 856-451-0095 or check them out online, bobnovickgm.com. This deal is running through April 30th of this year, so uh, get over to Bob Novick and get your car worked on for one hell of a price. Uh, It looks like a Phillies reliever is going to be getting some work done soon, Matt, because uh, according to Jim Salisbury today, Sir Anthony Dominguez suffered a setback uh, in his return. Good thing the Phillies signed a bunch of uh, great, reliable relievers in free... Oh, wait, never mind. No, they didn't. Uh, But Sir Anthony Dominguez suffered a setback from his elbow recovery. And uh, not great. Not great at all. Should have just got the surgery... Like what? I get it, you know. Like I'm sure as an athlete, they they want to just be back out there as quick as they can. And when someone offers that opportunity, they'll they'll take it. Um, I know surgery is isn't a great option, and you know the recovery afterwards and and what you might be like after is is a big question mark. But like just get like we see this time and time again with these guys and and not getting the surgery getting these weird shots and and adjustments and it's like just get the surgery just just get like yes it means a year out that sucks it sucks for you i want you to be happy i want you to play but just just take it and move on because now you're going to miss a year anyway like it's just it's very very frustrating i feel bad Beyond. Yeah, and I mean, it was one of those things where the doctor told him he didn't have to get the surgery, and we've seen this before with Aaron Nola, where he didn't have to get surgery when we thought there was going to be an issue, and he turned out fine. Um, but, you know, the, the severity still being determined. Today was an off day for the Phillies in camp, so they were able to probably do more tests on it, and we'll figure out something soon. But, uh, 
you know, you look at this bullpen and the way it's shaping up now in Jim Salisbury's article he put up on NBC Sports Philadelphia's website. Um, he says there appear to be four locks right now for the bullpen, and they'll carry eight relievers. The four locks being our guy Hector Neris as the closer, Adam Morgan, Jose Alvarez, who was great for them last year, and free agent signing Francisco Liriano, who has looked good in spring training so far. I think he's going to be a versatile weapon out of the bullpen. Uh, two from the trio of Juan Vince Velasquez, Nick Pavetta, and Ranger Suarez could end up in the bullpen while one works in the starting rotation. We've kind of assumed that Ranger Suarez is going to be the guy in the rotation the way he's pitched, but that leaves two spots now. Uh, Victor Arano could be a possibility if he's far enough along in his recovery from elbow surgery. Edgar Garcia, who was very up and down last year. Uh, Deolis Guerra and Reggie McLean, who I really like Reggie McLean. He's looked good so far this spring. They're all on the 40-man roster. Uh, as possibilities, and then non-roster candidates, Bud Norris, Anthony Swarzak, Blake Parker, and Drew Storen. Not great when you compare what those guys do to what Sir Anthony Dominguez brings to the table, but this is the situation the Phillies are in now, and they've got to figure out what their plan of attack is going to be if Sir Anthony Dominguez is going to miss time for a, a substantial amount of this season. I think they are just in the uh, hope and pray boat right now. <laughs> totally. And hope that someone makes, or multiple players, make a, a pretty drastic leap in ability this season and, and develop uh, a little further, and they could actually be used and, and relied upon. But I'm having a hard time finding the similar amount of faith that the Phillies are uh, are looking to have in, in some of these guys. But, you know. I, you don't like to judge a book by its cover. Don't like to judge these players before we've seen them. Um, you know, at, at the start of this regular season, and you know, we'll, we'll see. But uh, count me not in the optimistic camp about our our bullpen situation. Yeah, and obviously, like we said, Victor Arano coming back from uh, elbow surgery, and Tommy Hunter, who was signed late in the spring, he's still going to be working up his innings, in my opinion, and won't be with the team to start the season, but could end up, you know, here down the line. Uh, you know, probably towards the end of April, early May. Um, but that still leaves you with two spots that you're going to have to figure out. My opinion, it's going to be one, if not both, of the two that lose out on the fifth starter spot. I know everybody hates Nick Pavetta and Vince Velasquez. For what it's worth, I think Nick Pavetta's from what I've been able to see on social media because obviously we haven't been able to watch all the games. Uh, Nick Pavetta's look pretty good, you know, for the pressure now kind of being off of him with all the hype around him last year being the number two starter to start the season. Um, I think there's a lot less pressure on him now. I think he feels comfortable. Vince Velasquez has been a little up and down, so I think he makes more sense in the bullpen. We'll see what happens with the, the rotation battle between Ranger Suarez and Nick Pavetta. But, uh, you know, it's, it's very interesting now to see what's going to happen because the Phillies banked on Sir Anthony Dominguez being healthy, and we've said since the injury happened last year that if he didn't get the surgery, there was a possibility that this could happen. And here we are, you know, about two weeks out from the regular season starting, and Sir Anthony Dominguez could be out of commission for a lengthy period of time. I mean, he could be out for the season. Yeah. I, I, like that. I think we even mentioned this, was it like July is yeah. when uh, th this kind of like popped up and about him going this alternate route. I think we even said then, like, if he does this, you'll count him out for two years just because he'll be out for the rest of the last season. And then it's, it's like, it's 
rarely do you see this work in the player's favor. Um, it's kind of like arbitration. <laughs> like it just yeah. usually does not go go the way you want it to, which sucks. Um, and I feel for him in that way because I want him to be out there playing. But um, you know, you'd think if he just took the surgery, he'd be you know starting to work his way back now. And not, obviously, again, you might not see him if he had gotten the surgery for for this entire season. But now you know he's almost back to square one. I, I would yeah. imagine. Um, I know they're calling it a setback, but I like it. This. Without knowing the severity yet, like you have to assume that he's back to square one. Yes, and and that's that's incredibly frustrating because you're you're talking about you know losing eight months of of work and, and uh, recovery time uh, that that could have been you know spent more positively. Sixers currently up thirty four twenty nine on Detroit, Thank and uh, your leading scorer for the Sixers, one Al Horford, seven points. Wow! Don't get don't get too crazy, Al. It's a school night. Slow down. Uh, but yeah, they said that uh, apparently the setback occurred on Sunday when he pitched an inning against the Toronto Blue Jays. He struck out two batters in that inning and hit 95 miles an hour on the stadium radar gun. Um, severity of his setback is still being determined. Like we said, Wednesday was an off day, uh, so more information on his condition is expected later in the week. Given his history, it's difficult to envision him being part of the opening day bullpen and reasonable to wonder if it, if the absence will be lengthy. This is what Sir Anthony Dominguez has brought to the table, though, since he was a rookie. Uh, you know, in spring training in 2018, when he kind of burst onto the scene as a rookie in 2018, appeared in 53 games uh, as kind of that high-leverage weapon under Gabe Kapler, struck out 11.5 batters per nine innings and recorded a 2.95 ERA and a sub-one whip. Like we all know, the the elite caliber bullpen weapons Sir Anthony Dominguez can be, and uh, by the start of 2019, like people were trying to figure out, was it going to be Hector Neris? Was it going to be Sir Anthony Dominguez as the closer, or do you have kind of that dynamic one-two punch again, like you had in 2008 with Ryan Matson and Brad Lidge, where once you get to the back end of the bullpen for the Phillies, it's lights out, and you're not going to be able to hit them. Um, you know, and 2019 starts, and Sir Anthony Dominguez wasn't himself. His fastball velocity was down. Uh, he allowed 8.8 hits per nine innings, up from five in his rookie season, and his whip was at about a 1.5, and his season ended June 5th after his 27th appearance. Um, so, I mean, we still really don't know what Sir Anthony Dominguez is. We've seen a lot of you know, success, and we've seen some kind of setbacks even when he was healthy. Um, but now it's a matter of figuring out what his status is going to be for this season because, like we said, you're already kind of down Victor Arano and Tommy Hunter to start the season in my book. And if you're lucky, David Robertson's going to pitch in the second half of the season. And that's that's the issue now is you have – it's one thing to have, like, a season from hell last year with injuries where – Everyone gets hurt, and you can at least like lick your wounds and say, "You everyone's back next season." But with the types of injuries, and now you you add the Dominguez layer onto it, you're not even getting all these guys back. Not even at the start of the season, potentially at any point this season, um, you know, and, and you're going to be getting them at these like staggered time periods, which is just not very helpful uh, for lots of reasons for the Phillies. And I mean, it's it's down to nothing but bad luck, really. Too, I, I don't think you can really blame anyone for for these things happening i mean they're injuries no one account you can't really count for that um and it's just it's put the phillies in a, a very uncomfortable position now 
where again i i don't think they really wanted to have to rely on a lot of these guys to to make any kind of leaps this year and and be starters and be you know relied upon relief pitchers but that's just where they put themselves and um, i don't think they were willing to spend the money to put the band-aid on and we're just hoping that uh some fresh air will heal the wound but i guess we'll see yeah um some other cool Philly stuff that is a very big positive is uh, one of our favorite humans, public address announcer Dan Baker, among a bunch of other you know game day uh, voices and personalities across Major League Baseball. Uh, Tops, the famous card company, is uh, their opening day baseball collection is featuring some of the most iconic voices and personalities across the league, and that includes. Our favorite guy, Dan Baker, getting his own baseball card. I mean, he is awesome. He is absolutely fantastic. He's one of the best in the game, if not the best, to ever do it. Uh, he put out a tweet saying, I'm so honored to have my own Topps baseball card. I still remember collecting baseball cards as a boy, and now to have my own baseball card just doesn't seem real. And thank you to everyone for the kind comments and feedback. Dan Baker is like, literally, I could listen to him say or read anything, and my heart would be full. You know, listening to him just call guys uh, up to bat and, you know, address the crowd at Citizens Bank Park is one of the greatest feelings, and it's like a, a staple of summertime fun. Hearing Dan Baker's voice just kind of echo throughout the uh, the confines of Citizens Bank Park. Yeah, he is uh, an iconic voice. Like, you read that tweet and you read it in his voice. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, great guy. And it's nice to have, you know, people like that involved with with your sports these kind of uh icons of, of your teams and yeah it's it, it's a cool idea too to, to give um you know these announcers these broadcasters their their due because they deserve it because they uh add into the that game day experience that we all love or, or watching a lot of tv or on or listening to it on the radio uh they they deserve some credit too because they they give the color and the life to, to the game and the experience that uh makes it that much more interesting that much more fun it's part of that game day experience absolutely you know, to yeah. have those iconic voices and we're lucky to be in a city and in an area where we got to grow up with harry callis and we've got dan baker we've got merrill reese and now on radio with the phillies we've got scott fransky larry anderson and kevin franson who has stepped in uh and done a tremendous job in his few seasons now with the phillies jim jackson dynamic uh tom mcginnis for the sixers absolutely amazing maddie cord you know, doing the, the in-house stuff for the Sixers. Uh, you know, everybody's favorite Lou doing the stuff for the Flyers. Like, the the experience that we get just from voices, especially in Philadelphia, is uh, one of the things that I think makes going to games that much more dynamic, that much more enjoyable, and why it makes our city and our fan base that much more unique, too, because we build a connection with people that typically you only hear their voice most of the time and if you bumped into them on the street and were just a casual fan you probably have no idea who they were but if you heard their voice you'd know exactly who you were you know in front of yeah i mean you know a lot of uh, sports memories are tied in with uh, these announcers like one of the reasons I love Joe Buck, and I don't really get his hate, is yeah. one of my favorite sports memories is Matt Stairs deep in yes. the night. That is like to me an iconic. I get charged the Jimmy up Rollins thinking call. about that call. Like that, that was an awesome call. I think he has a great voice. Like I, I don't know. I never. I've, I have grown. To I will die on the Joe Buck Hill. I think he's honestly a great caller. I, I love listening to him, I, especially baseball. Like postseason baseball yes. to me personally 
is Joe Buck. Like that's just what I, I think of. I, I I think of the, the Fox broadcast. As I've gotten older, I have grown to appreciate Joe Buck leaps and bounds more than I did as a kid because yeah. it was one of those things where when you're a kid, it's like, oh, he just hates my team. And listening to Joe Buck do interviews um, and just talk about how he kind of approaches things, I I love hearing Joe Buck call games now and you know actually listening to what he says you kind of realize he's not biased against your team. Everyone thinks that every commentator is biased against your team. They're not. <laughs> These are people just trying to do a job and try and make it interesting and try and tell stories, and it's it's incredibly difficult. So, yeah, um, I don't know. I, I, I love the iconic voices that we have in Philly, and, um, it, yeah, it just adds just that extra layer to, to any sports broadcaster you know, when you're in the stadium. It, it just makes it so much better. Hopefully by the time this event goes down this summer, fans will be allowed at the stadiums. Uh, but 1980 World Series champion Manny Trio has been selected as your 2020 Toyota Phillies Wall of Fame inductee this year, Matt. Uh, obviously, the team is going to be honoring the 1980 Phillies all season long. We're going to get into uh, some of the giveaways that were unveiled this week uh, to the media and everything, and they look absolutely immaculate, but... Manny Trio getting inducted. It'll happen on Saturday, August 8th, uh, which is going to feature a 40th anniversary celebration of the 1980 World Champion Phillies uh, and commemorative giveaways. You know, Fan Appreciation Weekend is always one of the best weekends at Citizens Bank Park, so if you have the opportunity to go down uh, and you know somebody that was was heavily invested in the 1980s Phillies team and, and grew up and watched them win that World Series, I think it'll make it that much more special too. Um, but Manny Trio selected as the Wall of Fame inductee, and I think it's a great selection. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, I think we need we need a little more 1980s love. I, 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 I We've seen it the last few years, especially with some of like the, the throwback uniforms and stuff. We've seen like kind of uh, getting back in, in into that spirit with them. Um, Throwback like, Thursdays. Yeah, I, I, I like that they're they're getting more of their due because that was a great team. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you certainly can't forget that. And some uh, some all-time great Phillies on, on that team. So, yeah, I, I'm happy uh, individual players and that team as a whole are getting a little more uh, of their due and recognition. Now that we've kind of I think we've wrapped up a little bit the 2008, you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> like redo and, and reparade, I think it's good that, uh, you know, one of the other, you know, great Philly teams is, is getting getting a little more shine some of the the glitz and glam was unveiled this week to the media uh with the giveaways that are going to be going down at the stadium that hopefully the fans will be able to have uh the bryce harper bobblehead was tweeted out these are all all these photos we're looking at are from todd zalecki who covers the phillies for mlp.com one of the better duplications of somebody as bobblehead like to actually recreate bryce and it look like bryce uh Pretty good job on this bobblehead. Well done by whoever created it. Because, you know, there's some bobbleheads out there that look nothing like who it's supposed to be. But this one looks a lot like Bryce, and it's a, a really well done bobblehead. I mean, if you're, if you're going to make one of Bryce Harper, it has to be good. It just has to be. Another good one uh, that's going to be given out on August 9th against the Giants. Tug McGraw bobblehead night. This one looks awesome. It's him celebrating, obviously, when the Phillies won the World Series. This is another great piece of memorabilia that every fan, if you have the opportunity to go to, go grab You know, a ticket to this game. Uh, obviously, the Roy Halladay uh, retired number mini statue, the replica there, 
May 29th to all fans. It looks amazing. And then one of the the cooler giveaways, we got a chance to go to uh, Jimmy Rollins' retirement night last year, and they gave away a replica of his 2008 ring. Well, uh, this year, even though the base says 2008 World Champions, it is for the 1980 World Champions. They're giving out a Mike Schmidt replica of his World Series ring, and this thing looks beautiful. Yeah, it could add to the uh, the Jimmy Rollins ring that we got last year for his uh, his retirement. Um, that's a very nice looking ring. Kind of looks like a class ring, though. It's a it little. Does. It's the gold, it's I the think, gold. that does it. But uh, the giveaways this year. The Phillies always do a great job with them, but these four in particular um, look fantastic. Um, we got to see Bryce rocking the uh, the kids 14 and under Philly fanatic uh, beanie this week down in, in Clearwater. And, uh, you know, the Phillies always do a great job with these giveaways. So if you have the opportunity to go down, this is not a paid advertisement from the Phillies, but go get, you know, your stuff and uh according to uh i am sam keller on twitter mike scott just killed a man um so we'll have to find the video clip on that but here it is i think oh my lord (laughs) our guy mike scott hashtag underground athlete just he just killed a man um i like seeing that that is that is veins worthy um but we talked about it at the top of the show Obviously, the coronavirus making its its rounds throughout the world. March Madness is not going to be the same this year because no fans are going to be allowed at any of the games. Yeah, I mean, they're even talking about having to find smaller venues for uh, uh, the, the later round games. And just what a mess. Like, And it's, it is going to be so because part of the atmosphere of March Madness is like the fans um, – you know, one of, I think, the most notable things when people talk about college sports is the fan experience is so much different, is much more passionate, and I, I think that's true to a degree, and especially for March Madness, you know, with, you know, you have so many games that go down to the wire, and you have these big buzzer beaters and these huge moments to not have uh, a full arena for that is going to be jarring, and especially the way that they do, like, the Final Four now, or I think it's supposed to be in Atlanta, uh, right, this year at the... Yeah. Um, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, um, that's going to be... It's already weird when they have the court in those stadiums just because how just drastically different it looks as compared to a normal, you know, stadium. But uh, now if that's even empty, I I mean, it's just... It's so strange. And, um, I mean, it gives you a different perspective, though, in the sport itself. You hear these guys talking a little bit more and uh, you hear the coaches yelling and stuff. That's that's an interesting layer to all this, but... Yeah, it's going to be a much different March Madness. I mean, every sport is going to be affected like this, but March Madness, I think, is one of the the biggest uh, sports events we have in America. I mean, the the first two weeks of it are fantastic. It's yeah. so much fun. You have sports on on. We like, set up so many screens here at the studio, and it's from like eleven in the morning till you know midnight, pretty much. You yeah. you have sports on all day. You have games on all day, and that's for an entire week, which it's is unbeatable. But. Yeah, it seems like it's going to have a little less of a shine this year, but um, just hope everyone stays like healthy during the mm-hmm. whole thing. The last thing you want is like a player to get sick or someone's. They're still allowing family to come. Yeah, Which, you know what's weird about this too is you know they're they're limiting. You know, I see this a lot with like European soccer games. They're they're limiting. Um, they're not having fans in the stadium, but yet the fans are organizing outside of the stadium to watch the games. So it's like I. 
you know, at least in the stadium, they have access to bathrooms and, you know, like uh, sinks with, with soap, yeah. presumably at least. Um, but now they're just having the, these large gatherings still and people are still going to bars and stuff. Like, it's just, it feels like you're, it's like the SpongeBob equation of just like, let's just take the fans and move them somewhere <laughs> else. Like, that's the, the issue is you're still going to have large gatherings of people. It's just not going to be in the yeah. stadium now. It's now going to be. Again, Elsewhere. in bars or, or whole streets of people, like houses, houses, like, like um, it's it's still the biggest thing to me. But you are lessening some of the impact. I don't yeah. want to say that there's no point in in having empty arenas, but there's still going to be large gatherings. I think everyone needs to be aware of the fact that like there's a reason that this is being advised and these measures are being taken. So like, just be smart with you know where you're going and again who you who are you in daily contact with are you in daily contact with someone who could be at risk if they or are you someone that could be at risk if if you contract coronavirus like just have to be smart and you know better safe than sorry i think the the biggest thing collegiately that's come down was today was that the ivy league announced that all of their spring practices and games are canceled for the rest of the season uh but somebody put out a great point because you know Obviously, we cover lacrosse here, too, and there are some of the best players in the college game in the Ivy League, and they're seniors, and now their seasons are done, which is an absolute bummer. The best player in the college game, his season is now done. Um, But somebody made a a very interesting point. Uh, This is from uh, at EMACSNY on Twitter. I didn't go to an Ivy League school, so I need someone to explain to me the logic of Yale lacrosse's season being done and not being able to play this week, but Yale basketball is going to be able to play next week. Money. Very true. <laughs> it, it's a lot of this does come down to money and greed still. Uh, the, I mean, again, you know, you can make the same case for why cancel the Ivy league basketball tournament, uh, the, the conference tournament, but yet still send Yale cross country, uh, yep. presumably at that time too, to a stadium that was going to be full of fans. Obviously now it's not, but, um, yeah, it, you know, we, we all know the answer to that. It, it's money and yep. uh, in greed, which uh, will unfortunately be uh, one of the, the reasons that more people get this than they should. And there's going to be um, a lot of it will have been very preventable. And I, I just worry that we as a, a nation have not taken this quite seriously enough. And I, again, I know it's like hard. So I'd imagine even most people listen to this probably our age, young, healthy, fit, they get something like this it's not that big of a deal right right? they'll just be sick but uh if you give this to someone say a grandparent who uh may have a uh, compromised immune system um they're not going to be able to just just soldier through this and that's that's what you have to worry about so understand it's not necessarily for your safety specifically it's for like the the person next to you that uh you know could could have a much tougher time you know obviously you can kind of hear it in my voice a little stuffy today I just need a shirt that says it's just allergies. Yeah, I was gonna say it's also t- <laughs> terribly timed because it's out. Al- like I just noticed this week, my allergies were coming back. Like my nose has been running. I've been sneezing. I'm like, oh my god! I like know. it's right on top of it's this. like right in my eyes. Uh, and I just need somebody to print a shirt that says it's just allergies, so I can wear it to work, so I can wear it everywhere, so people cannot freak out when I just have to blow my nose. Um, biggest things coming up for us we got some big things on the way um first episode of a project that i'm being fortunate enough to work on uh it's going to be kind of in junction with underground sports is uh myself and connor miles starting a an nfl podcast he 
was in the podcasting game right when I met him many years ago on Twitter, wanted to reboot it. We are producing it out of Underground Studios. It's called Just Another Football Podcast. You can follow it on Twitter at Another FB Pod. Uh, it should be on every podcast f- platform by the end of the week. Uh, very excited. Two big profile guests on the first episode as well. And uh, our boys, the fourth and goal fantasy football boys, are going to be unveiling their new logo as they are now full time part of the network. They are our official fantasy football outlet. Moving forward, their logo reveal Monday, noon Eastern time on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. So make sure you're following them at 4th and Goal USP. And uh, obviously everybody knows Dom is back on the lacrosse pod for us. Glad to have him back. But uh, he pitched a new idea to me. Obviously we've talked about Twitch original programming as we are on Twitch right now. Go follow USP Kitchen on Twitter because... Dom's very excited about this. We we talked about the idea on Monday night. And uh, some original Twitch programming coming from Chef Dom oh boy. is on the way. I, you know, I have to give Dom a lot of credit. He is a great cook. Yes. He really is. Presentation game on point. He does have good presentation Loves game. his Hank sauce. Not a sponsor. That's how you know he's a short kid. But uh, USP Kitchen. Going to be uh, taking over Dom's kitchen very soon. And we have... A potential new sponsor on the way that we hopefully will be able to announce on Saturday. But uh, that's why you guys should be following us on social media, at UndergroundPHI on Twitter and Instagram. I was fooling around on Instagram today, Matt. I think they granted us the access on our Underground Sports Instagram for the swipe up. Whoa, that's a big deal. You got to be somebody to get that. We might have the swipe up, so... Swipe ups might be coming. That's soon. a pretty niche thing that I don't think a lot of people will understand unless they've like tried doing something like this yeah. or like work in social media. Like to be able to to link something through there is a uh, big time. Who knew you had to have clout to do that? <laughs> I, <laughs> Look at us. We're like Paul Rudd on Hot Ones. Uh, but make sure you're following us on social. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castarina. He yells about Liverpool and the Sixers all the time. I'm it's a great about follow. Liverpool. I've just given up. <laughs> I just just come for the cat memes at this point. Plus, Matt's going to be on our Union Beat with us this year yes. too. So you'll see a bunch of Union tweets from Matt as well. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at kbizzl three one one. And uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Let us know how you feel about this coronavirus outbreak, you know, affecting sports and, and your thoughts on, you know, the precautions being taken and all that good stuff. Your thoughts on Joel being back, the Flyers, Sir Anthony Dominguez. Anything that comes to mind, leave it in your podcast review. Five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too. And uh, you can check us out on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. We'll be back on Saturday. We will update you if it's going to be at Ducharms or not. We're going to figure that out just because of the Union game and figure out what we're going to be doing as well uh, just with everything going on. So, again, why you should be following us on social media. But, uh, as always, guys, show brought to you by our friends at Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Automall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. This has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 218. We're about to go watch Survivor. Tweet at us if you watch Survivor. Tonight looks like it's going to be a juicy one involving a Philly native. And uh, we'll catch you guys on Saturday. So for Matt, I am Kyle, and we are signing off. Peace.
Peace.